Hey, this is Evan Marcat, dating coach for smart, strong, successful women, and your personal trainer for love. Welcome back to the Love You podcast, where you're going to learn everything you need to know about dating, relationships, sex, and men from a man's point of view. And we're talking about limiting beliefs about love today. And, uh, I want to start with examples of limiting beliefs before I get into the definition. Um, first, there's no one in my city. Everyone who dates online is a loser. Men are only looking for sex. I'm too old. No one will want me. I'm afraid he's going to leave me. Guys always cheat. Married people aren't happy. So these are all eight limiting beliefs, but there's a lot more. And we're going to define them as things that are partially true, but never totally true. So before we get into what's wrong with limiting beliefs, let's provide some validation for the partial beliefs. Because everything I said, as, as I've already acknowledged, has a basis in truth. It's just not the whole truth. Yes, dating is hard in your city. In New York, men have lots of options. In San Francisco, men are too laid back. In Alabama, there are not enough liberals. In a remote suburb of Saskatchewan, Canada, there aren't going to be many single men. It's all true. It's just not the whole truth. Right? We're going to go down. We're going to, we're going to bust all these living beliefs right away. Everyone who dates online is a loser. Very common limiting belief. And I'll be the first to acknowledge that online dating seems like a bit of a loser parade at times. But you're not there to date the majority of online men any more than you date the majority of men on the bus. Start with the top 10% and work from that group. And those people are not losers any more than you are, or my wife is, or my sister, or all my friends and clients who've dated online with varying degrees of success. Men are only looking for sex. Not true. Most men actually want to find love. They just generally know if they want to sleep with you before they know if they're going to love you. So understand, sex for men usually comes before love, and so it might seem like they're only looking for sex, but they're actually looking for a connection. That's why they are there, and that's why the majority of men, the vast majority of men, still get married. Uh, the idea that you're too old. Too old for what? I know people who've fallen in love in their 90s. I've had clients, me personally, in their 70s. So if you're in your 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, please don't panic. Older people are finding love every single day. My mom fell in love this year. My mom got married this year. She's 71. Limiting belief number 47, no one will want me. This is a self-esteem issue, and it's a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy. So if you don't like yourself and you don't like dating and you don't like your life and you definitely don't like men, it's possible that you're not going to find that many takers because of the negative outlook on things. But if you view yourself through a positive lens, if you see the world as abundant with possibilities, if you choose high character men who are excited about getting to know you, then you're going to find love. If you only value men who don't want you, then yeah, it's certainly going to seem that nobody wants you, but generally there are men who want you, but you don't necessarily want them in return, except everybody's dating pool, men or women, consists of the people who want us, not of the people who don't. I'm afraid he's going to cheat on me. Well, it's a normal fear. It happens. It happens to about 6% of relationships per year, 20 to 25% over the life of a marriage. There's a slightly higher percentage of men who cheat than women. So if you dated only cheaters, that is not at all proof that all men cheat. The majority of men do not. It's only proof of the fact that you've had some really bad taste in character 
if you've only dated cheaters. Married people aren't happy. All right, why would I want to go through this if married people aren't going to be happy? Well, there's some truth to that. Right? Overall, there's a trend. Uh, most recent thing I read was that one third of married couples are reportedly happy. At the same time, it's somewhat of a useless statistic. Tons of people marry while they're young, right, for the wrong reasons, they stay together, stay together for money or kids or fear or inertia or passion. We're not looking to them. Like if you're with me, you're not looking at these people as role models. Unhappily married couples are not role models. They marry the wrong person and stuck with it. What we're trying to do is get you married to the right person and get it right the next time. Married people, happily married people, are the happiest people of all. And if you don't believe me, find one happily married couple that you know and ask if they'd switch places with you. You already know the answer to that question. So I want you to think of your biggest limiting belief. I hit on a, a few here, but maybe you have one that, that always gets in your way as to why you're never going to find someone. And I want you to come up with one example where your limiting belief is not true. Right? And I just did it for you, but if you have the opportunity, I want you to write it down. Right? So think of your limiting belief, write it down, and then flip it over. Give me an example of a time that it's not true, just like I did. Right? If I believed once upon a time that there were no women in Los Angeles because it's not a very intellectual city and I had to move to New York to find love, well, I could come up with a lot of exceptions to uh, there are no smart people in Los Angeles. That's a silly limiting belief that I possessed for a period in time when I considered moving to find love. Um, so think of your limiting belief and I want you to contradict it. One example where your limiting belief is not true. Next, I'd like you to consider how this false belief animates your love life and how it continues to hurt you. For example, men leave is something that one of my clients felt after her husband broke up with her when she was in her 30s, right? One husband, he takes off and abandons her and her story becomes men leave. She doesn't date for 35 years after that because she's afraid of that happening again. That is a limiting belief. So you've already come up with your limiting belief. You flip it over and come up with an example where it's not true. Now I want you to think a little bit more about how that limiting belief is continuing to impede your progress when it comes to love. All right. And then finally, and this is sort of an exercise, an informal exercise, I want you to write down a statement that is the opposite of your limiting belief, right? Men are abundant. Online dating creates the greatest number of options of anything on the planet. Uh, men are looking for commitment, things like this. And make sure that your new, make, make sure that this new belief feels good to you, not just because it's optimistic, because it's just as true as the limiting belief that you started with, right? We're really talking about looking at the world through a glass half full lens instead of a glass half empty lens. They, they're both, right? You know about the glass, it's half full and it's half empty. So if you look at the other side of your limiting belief, there is something positive that you can hang your hat on that's gonna give you the fortitude to continue to pursue love. And now we're gonna take some questions from our readers. We're gonna to begin today with the lovely Devorah in Northern California. Hello, Devorah. Hi. Um how are you, Evan? I'm delightful. Thank you again for being here on time. Thank you for being so patient with me today. Uh, I very much look forward to learning about you and uh, what you think is holding you back right now. Okay. 
So, so what is your question? How could I be of service to you? I think my limiting belief is that men put their own careers first and that they generally want the woman to come and live in their location at where I think my location is better. So that's what I've been running across. Okay. And you've run across it and therefore it has a basis in truth, right? Absolutely. Right. So you've met men who embody this stereotype of the career-centered guy who thinks he's the sun and you're a planet who revolves around him. Correct. Okay. So a couple things. Are there, have you ever met a man who's not like that? Absolutely, yes. Right. I would probably guess 50% are not like that. I would say a much lower percentage <laughs> for my Okay, own. well what's your percentage? I don't I don't care. Whatever you say is true. Well, I found that more like 95% of the men think that the woman should relocate to where well, their is. I'm going to challenge that for a second. Right? And and I haven't walked a mile in your shoes, so I don't know. Right? But to have and again, I hate to lawyer you here, but to have a 95% anything, right? I mean, again, we, 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 we talked politics earlier. 40% of the country improves of the president. So, right, 95% is a really, really high number. And unless you've dated 100 people and literally 95% of them had that problem where they, they, they were so career focused that you had to move to them it's a, it's a weak number. So it's an impression that you have that you've extrapolated to mean 95%. But I think if you were to hypothetically do a poll, you wouldn't, or you wouldn't actually get that number. Does that make any sense? It's not that your experience isn't true, it's that it's not broad enough. Well, I would say that that's the amount of people that when I explain where I live remotely, say that I am EU, geographically undesirable. And, and you know what? Let's, let's flip it around, right? And again, this is, this is something that's, this is not the direction I thought we were gonna go, um, but, it's, but it's useful because we're gonna see things from, from another person's perspective. Okay. You're essentially saying the same thing to them as they're saying to you, right? Yes, yeah, so I- I like being here. My life, my work here is more important than your work in the city. Um, it's, I actually would, I, and I've told people that I would relocate, but I would need an, a completely awesome environment in order to relocate. That's so, a pretty heavy negotiation for a first date. Well, <laughs> maybe. Again, I'm not, I'm, there's, no, there's no judgment being passed, but, but your observation isn't that, I don't want to tell you what your observation is, but your, your experience that men are uh, somehow unusually career-focused and self-centered, again, may have some basis in truth, but we're not talking about career-focused and self-centered. We're talking about asking a total stranger who doesn't know you if he's willing to uproot his life in a more densely populated area to come live where you live 
and you have no leverage to ask that question. So I don't think it's that they're all you know, myopic, selfish captains of industry in their 60s. I think most people, and again, I'm gonna include you and I'm gonna include me, are selfish in that we like what we have. There's a reason I built my life here and it's gonna take a lot for me to change. So essentially he's saying the same thing to you as you're saying to him. I'm gonna need a really great offer. <laughs> well, that's, that, that is why one of a million reasons that I don't encourage long distance relationships, right? And if you live in a remote area, you don't have the leverage. You understand? Like if, I don't know what city you're talking about, if, but if it's anywhere, you know, uh, that's densely populated, Bay Area, and I know you're north of that, but if you're, if you're communicating with men in the Bay Area, he does not, when he says you're geographically undesirable, he has plenty to back him up, right? That's, that's true, that's not an insult to you, you're a stranger. Because I've, I've, I've dealt with this before, I've got this in programs of mine. There was a woman who lived in a rural area of Wisconsin. She fell for some guy online, her name was Sandy, fell for some guy online and talked on the phone really excited and then it came time to meet and he's like, all right, where do you live? He didn't know the name of her town, where do you live? And Turns out she was three hours away. He's like, yeah, I can't do that. Right? Just never even got off the ground. So I, I think it would be wrong to tar all these men with some broad brush that they're, they're uh, abominably self-centered when they're more being practical. And uh, it's impractical for someone in a densely populated area have to go to somewhere remote. It's almost necessary for somewhere, someone somewhere remote to have to reach outside their own area. You just don't like the balance of it. So I feel like, I feel like that's actually your question. It's not about what's wrong with men. There, there's plenty and we could get into it, but I don't think this is something that's wrong with them. I, I, I've, most of my clients are in big cities, right? I can't tell you how many of these women are like, why are these guys from the middle of nowhere writing to me? Well, there's no women in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> so they're writing to you in Boston and in Austin and in Los, Los Angeles. Why is this guy from Central California writing to me? There's no one there. So this is, this is the, you know, there's, there's a great benefit to living where you live, no doubt. You chose this, but it's not everybody's flavor. It's not everybody's life. And so what do we do in light of that? That's really the question that I would have for you. Well, I have definitely communicated that I am willing to commute halfway for meetings, and um, I've had very little positive response. I, I generally don't recommend anybody date outside their city. My sister married a guy from cross country, so I mean, I, I could give you all the exceptions to the rule, but it's necessity. If, if, if I'm giving you a choice, to fall in love with a guy who lives 10 minutes away or three hours away, what are you gonna choose? The closer, yeah. It's practical. So you're taking it personally and you're making it about a character flaw when if I gave you the same setup, you'd be like, I'd take the guy who's closer. If they're identical twins, I want the guy who's closer. Yeah. And if they're identical twins, I want the guy who's richer and cuter. <laughs> if they're like, I want everything. That's human. So if, if we're going to talk about the limiting beliefs, I think the greater focus is on the story that you're telling to justify your current stance 
and to make men wrong because to, the alternative means you have to adjust something. That's the hard part is, is you have to make an adjustment. Either realize you're gonna have a low hit rate on men hours away, or you're gonna have to search within 25, 30 miles of your home and work with what you got there. Right? Which is not, doesn't mean you're not allowed to reach out to guys, but you have to understand where they're coming from. They don't have nearly as much incentive to come to you when they could take a subway or walk to someone. And that's not about you as a person. It's, it's where you've chosen to live. And I've had, I had a client in the Yukon once. Right? She miraculously got a guy from Minnesota to move up to her on this tundra moose. I mean, like she lived in the middle of nowhere. And she got a guy to come to her. So it, anything's possible. But you're going to have much more success dating locally than dating far away, as would anybody. It's not you. And it's not men. It's people. We want what's convenient. Well, thank you for clarifying that. I'm sorry if it wasn't the answer you wanted. What were you hoping I was going to say? Um, I was hoping that you had some kind of magic bullet or, or something. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the magic that makes men want to drive three hours to go on a first date? About two hours and 40 minutes, yeah. Yeah, until there's well, some no. real, you know, Star Trek teleportation. No, I am actually willing to drive halfway, yeah. I know, but men aren't because they don't have to. Uh, right, this isn't, Here's the way long distance plays, and we'll get to our next caller. Long distance works like this. You meet a guy on vacation, you fall deeply for each other in this whirlwind romance for a week, and now you'll move heaven and earth to make things happen. But you're a stranger in a little box with a tiny profile on the internet, and he has innumerable choices closer to him. Right? And so it's not, that is just the nature of the beast. It is not a man-woman thing. And so I think the, the healthiest thing to do is not to say, how do I make men want to drive an hour and a half to me? It's given that men don't want to drive an hour and a half to me, am I going to move to be in a more population dense place because finding love is more important than where I live, which is an option. It's a big change, but I'm not telling you, but it's an option. Move closer, right? If I want to be an actor, I could stay in Des Moines or I could move to Hollywood, right? Your choice. So that's a choice. Or to me, I like this sanctuary I've created for myself here. That is more important than anything. And I'm going to cast my lot locally with other people who share this value of not being in a big city. But it's a fork in the road. All right. So it's just getting clear on what those things are. Either you're going to make a big adjustment or you're going to stay local. But to keep on expecting men to change, that's the thing that's going to drive you mad. Is that fair? That is fair. And I would only approach somebody that said that they were considering relocating as I also put in my profile. Most people won't put that in their profiles at all. Right? Again, I'm just, I'm just playing devil's advocate here, but if I'm a man and I've got this family, you know, kids and successful job, why would I think I'm open to relocation? This is my home. All right? Most people, even if they are open to it, wouldn't put it in their profile. All right? 
I mean, it's possible that you'll find some guy who's an empty nester, who is ready for retirement, who's or, open to going anywhere. Or, um, but, but most people who have roots somewhere are not looking to move. That's why they have roots. So there's a, there's a conundrum that you're facing here because you're expecting other people to want to change their life for a stranger. Or perhaps for a healthier environment. But that's your value. That's not theirs. They might like where they live. You're, you're once again saying that my environment's better than yours, which I have no place to disagree with, but everybody makes their choices in their life. There's a reason you live where you live. There's a reason he lives where he, he lives. Presumably, it's a place he likes. That's why he's there. So it's, it almost seems increasingly clear as we have this discussion, you're better off looking for men locally than long distance. Thank you. Would you keep in touch and let me know what you do? Okay, sure. Thank you, Devor. I appreciate it. Bye-bye. Our next caller is Bianca. Hello, Bianca. Hello, Bianca. Ben, can you hear me? I can hear you. I can't see you anymore. Um, there you are. Okay, hi. Welcome um, back. Thank you. Good Thanks to for being here. How can I help you with your limiting beliefs? Okay, so I guess a little background on me. Um, I'm 27, single, and um, I've been single for two years. And during this time, I've been doing a lot of inner work. And in that inner work, I've found out that I have an avoidant attachment style and that I also um, am still healing things from my past. So just like a quick history, um, my parents both are still married. They both cheated on each other, though, in their marriage. And I happen to be the one to find out about each situation and had to tell the other party um and so and they were also like very detached like they weren't around as well so um but then I got into a relationship with someone it was like a year and a half and we were together for yeah a year and a half and um he was really loyal I would say he's like the nice guy with an edge um treated me like a queen but ultimately it ended because um we couldn't see eye to eye on our values and our faith um so since then, I've just been like in this cycle of not being able to connect to people. Um, I don't have a problem meeting guys. It's just that when they start pursuing me, I shut down and then I start playing the texting game. And then it's, it, it's always like in that pre-dating stage and it never moves past like maybe date three because I'm so like, I think shut down and scared and also like afraid to be vulnerable. And yeah, so I think that's kind of where I'm at. Um, I right. was, yeah. Uh, let's take a step backwards, if you would, with okay. this ex, this ex boyfriend. Okay. You said you said you had a you had everything was great except you had an issue about values. What value did he lack? Um, so I would say that I'm I'm pretty serious about my faith. Um, and then he was, um, I would say atheist agnostic um where he didn't he didn't believe that there was a faith and i think we were fine until we started having discussions about how to raise our kids and then that became the turning point where it seemed that we were not willing to compromise on i actually watched your video on compromise or something but i guess neither of us were willing to compromise that um so it was like parting ways although that's, it was it was his sad. idea though yeah that's sad yeah. Mm -hmm. um I've seen, uh, I've seen couples overcome that, um, and I've seen couples break up over that, and there's not a, not a right 
not a right answer, especially when it comes to kids, uh, because you can't split the baby in half. You, you know, you have to make a choice. And, um, uh, but it's always, it's always unfortunate when uh, an otherwise good relationship gets broken up by one thing that is mm -hmm. immovable. Right. Um, but, it, but that is the nature of, of relationships. So since you've been single, have you met anybody who's anything like him? Um, okay, so that's kind of what I was looking for in terms of um, the person I date next is someone who has integrity, um, who means what he says, and is assertive enough, but also like sensitive enough, kind of like what, what you've shared a lot in your, um, in your work. And it's always like, it gets to the point where they, st then I fi start finding out things about themselves or, or um, they end up not really living up to what the talk basically. Um, and I seem to be, I seem to attract like an, a certain type of guy to the point that I noticed that they even drive the same car. It was just like, wait, what's going on here? So I started doing, looking at myself more like, why, why is it that it's like the same type of guy? Um, the same. I don't know. Why, why is what we're talking about two different things. Um, okay. There's who you're attracted to. Yeah. And there's what's good for you. And they may overlap and they may not. Right. This gentleman who had everything except the common religious faith is a pretty good archetype of what seems to work for you. Yes. That mm -hmm. add that man and, you know, faith and you guys should be happy theoretically. Yes. And so it's, it turns out that guys that I have met that share my faith are, have like not, not as much integrity as someone who didn't. And it, I think that's the dichotomy where I'm like, Oh, I, you would think that you would be someone who's has better character, but sometimes that's not always the case. That's, um, an, that's an important thing. And again, I'm not going to, I'm not going to uh, try to move you off your faith because that's not, not my role, but I think it's important that you stumbled upon that yourself. Faith yeah. is something that you can have in common and it's a common language, it's a common understanding, but it is not an in indicative of character at all. Yes, yes. Like at, so at true. all. So true, like, and, yeah. Uh, if you need to share a faith, like I didn't need to share a faith with my Catholic wife, she believes what she believes, I believe what I believe, we had a compromise on our kids, we found a way to make it work. But disabusing yourself of the notion of faith as, as a marker of goodness or uh, compatibility, I think that's useful. Now we just have faith as, okay, I'd like to raise my kid this way, right? But you're not confusing this. So, so now we open up this question. Can you find a guy who's agnostic and you could raise your kids Christian? You're going to find a guy who's cool with that, right? Because now he doesn't have to share your faith. He could be the equivalent of my wife, who's like, I believe what I believe. We could raise the kids in your faith, right? Does that create more opportunity than narrowing yourself, right? Because now we're talking about your limiting beliefs. My man needs to believe exactly what I believe. Yeah. And that's not exactly true. It's easier, right. right? But it's not necessarily true because you've already seen someone who believes exactly what you believe or was raised exactly the way you were raised is not no better partner. So you're, you're really left with two choices, Bianca, okay. is okay. stay on, go on some specific Christian dating site, right? Go on Christian Mingle or again, whatever your favorite, go on there and stick with that because that's, you know, just, just narrow it. So you won't have to be tempted with all these atheist, agnostic, Jewish, right? Just 
put on the blinders and stick with your guide. And so you're fishing from a very specific pool where that's one thing you will not have to negotiate. And there'll be good guys in there, right? Or open up to more men who are not of the same mind, but are theoretically open. They're kind of like, I guess, lapsed Christians. They don't care. Their parents went to church. They, went, they go twice a year, but it's not really their thing. But maybe for you, they'll revisit it. That's in the realm of possibility, right? But you don't know that from a text, a, a, right. a Tinder. You, you don't know the it whole doesn't story. Even get, right. It doesn't get to that point also sometimes because then, because obviously these aren't things that you automatically talk about on the first date. So I think there's even just barriers to moving to like getting to know someone even more. You're right. So um, the so way I think we, we I feel start like I'm with, in, yeah. we start, I mean, if you've read my stuff and it sounds like you have, we start with a really, really wide funnel, right? Okay. More opportunities, right? So I'm looking for men between 25 and 35 within 25 miles of my home, right? We're not going to discriminate and we're going to see who writes to me and we're going to filter out from those guys. This guy seems cute, smart, follows up, means what he says, funny, and he's showing up right. Now we could decide if we could tackle the greater things. Because I can tell you the first thing, I didn't negotiate my, my lack of faith with my, my wife on the first date. Yeah. I, yeah. I would have no leverage to. I, you know, we, we, we had to take the chance of falling in love, and we were both willing to make compromises six months into the relationship that we wouldn't have made on the first date. Right. So sometimes you just have to give things a chance to develop instead right. of thinking, I'm going to choose my husband from this picture in this <laughs> tiny paragraph. Yeah. Well, I, so I'm not actually online. And so, okay. um, well, then, yeah. well, again, God bless you because you, you could get hit on wherever you go, but it's sort of the same idea. You don't need to put everything on the table up front. Okay. In talking to you, someone will realize you're a, a woman of faith. Right. right. The conversation will just come up organically. Hey, okay. I got to go early tonight. I'm going to church tomorrow. Okay, now I understand. She's the girl who goes to church. I okay, that's a good okay, that's a good way. Because I think I was really scared of, I couldn't really be my full self in that relationship. So now I always filter that out. I think with people I meet, but it's important for me to, to like just it is what it is, you know. It it it, it yeah. is what it is, <laughs> and it's a self-selecting process. If some guy runs from that, yeah, right. Well, he's obviously not your future husband, but there's going to be guys who are open to that. Right? And as long as they're starting with, I'm marriage oriented, this conversation will take place. So, you know, we've moved again off our, our original subject, which was you leading with an avoidant attachment style based on uh, your parents' marriage. Yeah. Right. Which is sort of a different question. Um, yeah. You know, that limiting belief would, would be, I don't know that marriages can't be happy or that people can't stay faithful and yeah, you may buy that complete, completely. Yeah. But you also know if you did the little, you know, did a little exercise, you know, that there's plenty of marriages that are happy and there's plenty of people who have never cheated on anybody. Right. You just right. haven't borne close witness to that yet. Yeah. So it's the single greatest influence on you, but it's not indicative of the entire world at large. It's just what you've seen and have absorbed. And yeah. if you, again, just take a snapshot of that previous relationship with the man who said what he did, the nice guy with balls, right? You know, that relationship broke up for other reasons, but it wasn't integrity. Right, right. right? So that would lead me to believe that we could poke a hole in that avoidant attachment style 
right? All people lie, people aren't happy, they, you know. If, if you could take that previous relationship and sprinkle in some faith, I see a happy life for you, mm -hmm. right? So it's fine, that was a learning experience from your mid-20s. You have plenty of time to find a guy who's got a lot of those qualities and you could agree on how to raise the kids. It's just right. some trial and error and not wasting too much time on the wrong guys. Okay. And, but there's but nothing I, wrong with saying, this guy's not right for me. Next, next, next. That's okay. I do have to try then. Like, put my, yeah, I think I just like, I go through months where I don't date because I'm like, okay. Um, like, I don't know. I get busy with work or. or you're I, you're I think 27. Like, you're, 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 if anybody can take months off, it's, it's you. Um, okay. it's, it's, it really all depends on what you value, what's important and whether you're gonna put it front and center. Lots of 27 year old guys are not ready for anything serious anyway. You might not be ready for something serious even if you want something serious. Right. There might right. be more, to, right. more men to experience or uh, more career advancement. There, there, there's, there's a lot of reasons not to get married yet. Yeah. So you shouldn't operate from a place of, of, uh, of, of, of worry or panic. You came from a, a, a slightly messed up family. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. you're, you're aware of it, right? It's not, it, it, you know, you, you know it has an impact on your choices, but you've made some better choices. And I think as long as each boyfriend, the guy that you give a relationship, not every date or every guy you mess around with, but every guy who becomes a boyfriend is a step forward from the last one, okay. you're, you're doing okay. Eventually okay. you're gonna land on the guy who are like, okay, I'm done here. Yeah. And I think the previous boyfriend specifically for being a good guy who didn't have faith was a great teaching tool for you. It really was. Yeah, I learned a lot from that. I think I just have to now keep trusting and keep putting myself out there, not giving up if, say, the next guy isn't, like, you know, isn't, doesn't have integrity or doesn't have a character. It's like, okay, next. doesn't mean, doesn't mean, yeah, exactly. Because no, you've already dated a good guy who you've been, yeah. you just couldn't bridge this one gap. And right. that's, again, that, that, that's key. You've, you've experienced what it feels like to be with a good guy who showed up, treated you well, had opinions, wasn't a doormat, didn't kiss mm -hmm. your ass. Yeah. Just, like that exists. And it okay. may be rarer than yeah. all the other men out there, Yeah. but it exists and that's why you keep going. Okay. Like yeah, you're going to be really a great cool. wife for someone someday. He's going to be a great husband for someone someday. Yeah. So I it's agree. just a little bit of musical chairs until you find that guy. But you're really at the early phase of dating. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. So, so don't, op, don't, don't take years off like a lot of people do. Just, you know, hey, you know, you have a bad experience with a guy, detox, take a week, put, you know, go, then go smile at strangers the next time you go to a party or throw a profile up online or do anything to create opportunity. And if you're going on one date a week, you're in business. You don't need five coffee dates with strangers. Just going out with one nice guy a week Okay. That's a good strategy. And I just have a quick question, um, yeah. like tagging on, not, not, not necessarily related, but in terms of like the social media world, um, and, and the whole texting thing, um, I, I do a lot of work on Instagram and I think I have a hard time with that when guys that I am interested in start following me sure. yet, yet I don't get back to them right away. And then I think I just come off as disinterested and I don't know how to like, navigate that world at all like you, you, you know what yeah i don't either i mean i'm okay. supposed to be i'm supposed to be the professional know-it-all but uh, okay. i'll tell you i I, uh, I don't i don't envy 
um, millennials and their social media addiction. And okay. I'm certainly not going to tell you the rules of a meeting I've never participated in. Okay. Um, I would think that regardless of what anybody does, there should seem to be common sense practices, which is you don't follow every cute guy you've ever met on Instagram or become Facebook friends with him or get on his Twitter account or become Snapchat buddies. Like I, just, I, I, ju I just think there's too much turnover in dating. And I right. think that's something that one earns. It's not something someone's given. It may be the way he shows interest, but you're not obliged to do that back. Right. I don't do it back, but then like they see my, they see my stuff and they, like, cause I, I'm a yoga instructor. So I'm, I'm posting about my events and things like that. Is that and just how it is? Like, that's fine. That's then that's, th that's their level of insecurity. If they can't handle someone who's active on Instagram and gets a lot of likes on a pretty yoga pictures and right, like, whatever it is, that's their issue. You don't have, okay. unless you're doing something wrong, you don't have to change. Or like not texting them back. Maybe like, well, not texting them back is, is disrespectful and inconsiderate. <laughs> okay. I mean, if, if you're like, interested in someone, you text him back. If you're not interested in him, then what are we even talking about? Just like within a reasonable time frame, though, right? Of getting well, back to them. I, I think in general, it's the golden rule. You're the Christian here. Treat people yeah. the way you want to be treated. When you can text the guy, you want him to wait three days to text you back? No. Okay, so text people back the way you'd want to be texted back. That's the answer. Okay. I'm not going to tell you what that is, but you know the answer. Okay. Yeah. Sounds and good. I don't think you're living up to your own rule. I know. I think because I, I get, there's that, yeah, I get in my head a lot. Like sure. if I'm too available and like text back right away, then I don't know. It's just. No. And, and, and now we get into the conversation about being avoidant, but that's a longer conversation. For, yes. Oh my God. Yeah. That's a longer you're conversation for another day. Okay. So, yeah. Please. All right. stay, stay in touch. Let me know how I could help you. You seem lovely. And if you are remain conscious of, oh, I'm pulling back again. Oh, I'm acting in fear. Instead yes. of, hey, guys like women who are available. Right? If I text you and I'm being warm and flirty and you disappear, kind of kills my mojo. Yes. So if you like a guy, give him positive reinforcement. Okay. Right? Otherwise, yeah. you're the one who's playing games, not him. He's being straightforward. You're the yeah. one who's causing the issue here and it doesn't yeah. have to be that way and they go away because it's like yeah there's other options yeah yeah two women i'm texting one of them is really nice to me one of them's not <laughs> yeah yep okay so be the nice one okay yeah thank you so much evan all right my friend See i'll ya. talk to you soon okay um, bye so I just want to thank everybody for joining me. That was a fun call. Um, this is the Love You Podcast. My name is Evermark Katz. Next week, I'm interviewing the delightful Lauren Francis. She's a love coach extraordinaire. She's going to help you become a magical man magnet. If you enjoyed this podcast, and I know you do, subscribe on iTunes, subscribe on YouTube, follow me on Facebook, follow me on Twitter, and please go to www.evanmarkkatz.com to get the most free dating and relationship advice available on the internet. I will help you understand men and find love. I'll see you again next week on the Love You Podcast.